Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, thanks for joining me again today. Great to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Brian Adams. Brian is the CEO and founder of an amazing employer branding business called PH Creative. And it's such a powerful area for employers. I hate to use the phrase war for talent, but to find out exactly how PH Creative do it and what they're doing to expand their reach, I guess. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today, Brian. So Brian, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Ben. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, brilliant. And like me, you're from one place and living somewhere else. So can you just give us some context? Yeah, sure. So I'm from the center of the universe, otherwise known as Liverpool. In <laughs> and I've got quite a complicated life, actually. I spend most of my time in San Diego. That's where the wife, dogs and mortgage is. And I fly back to London once a month for a few weeks as well. So yeah, always on a plane in an yeah. airport. But San Diego is a beautiful place to be. Yeah, very good. Very nice. I was just in London this week. Yeah, it's a wonderful spot to get back to. So employer branding, I used to run an HR consulting business and it didn't make me smile, but it amused me, let's say, when employers during the midst of the labor shortage crunch, that they couldn't find talent anywhere and it was just so hard to find good people, all that sort of stuff. And then they'd be wondering what to do at that point. And sometimes I felt it was probably too late because they hadn't looked at where their business is positioned from an employer branding position and all that goes with it. So maybe I could get your thoughts with it because I also, I know you've written an amazing new book as well, Give and Get Employer Branding. So to repel the many and compel the few with impact, purpose and belonging, which I think is a fascinating concept in itself. But yeah, can I get your thoughts on where employer branding fits into the talent ecosystem or process? Yeah, I mean, employer branding really is, you know, the job of employer branding is to communicate the truth, the benefits and the transparency of what the employee experience is like. So candidates can make better decisions and employees can be reminded of why they're there. You know, what's the value? What do they have to contribute? And what do they get in return? And essentially, if that can align with the goals of a business, it can be incredibly powerful. And I think it was Peter Drucker that said, culture eats strategy for breakfast, which it's always sort of stuck with me, but I've thought about that little quote for many years, and actually I completely disagree with it now because what we've proved over the years at PH Creative and with employer branding is that if you don't think culture is a strategy, then that's your first mistake. Yeah, right. You know, so essentially we're in the business of culture by design, I would say. So as they say, sometimes doing nothing is still an option, isn't it? Well, everybody has an employer brand, whether you've chosen to design it or align it with your business or not, you know, and essentially, you know, there's a few aspects to employer branding, but I would say the biggest is the reputation you have as an employer and everybody has a reputation as an employer you can choose yeah. to do something about that or not, you know, so it is a fascinating business and we get to see behind the curtain in lots of many of the largest organizations in the world. And it's such an interesting place to operate and we're constantly learning and pushing ourselves to bring more insights to our client partners there's always that opportunity and the landscape is always changing obviously you know covid and the great resignation and all of the other things that i'm sure we could talk about all impact the employer brand and what is essentially your shop window 
trying to demonstrate that you're more relevant, you have a point of difference than your talent competitors is tough. And it takes strategy and it takes design. It takes thinking about. And those organizations that do, you know, it's no longer an argument or a discussion. Those companies that do invest in employer brand strategy, they win. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree that whether you consciously work on it or not, everyone has an employer brand. I saw this picture of a a Michigan business in an HR group, and I think it was someone who was working there or passing by, but they had a sign on the fence of this factory or something. It said, if you're not lazy, come and work here, something like that. And that was it. (laughs) But who knows, maybe that's part of the repel strategy. I don't know, but a genius. So I know you, you work with some amazing brands and to your point about how it fits into the business strategy itself. For me, employer branding is just so close to the customer side as well as to the employee HR side, because there's that bridge that having a great employer brand can actually be really appealing for customers and clients to want to do business. And I just recently saw the Apple ad, Mother Nature ad, where they get Mother Nature in and they're reporting back on all their strategies on what they're doing to make the business more, I don't know, environmentally friendly or carbon neutral. But for me, that was a really strong employer branding play as well as straight to customers who want to do business with a place that's green conscious. So how do you help companies develop that strategy and actually implement it? Well, it's a really good question. Actually, we work with Apple and we were, I think we were the first agency ever to work on their employer branding with them. I think we're going back to 2018 now. And they're an interesting company, Apple on paper. They're exactly the same as Microsoft, but they we've worked with both and they couldn't be more different. You know, so the first step is the research, giving the organization a very good listening to and making sure that your research is representative of all the nooks and crannies and not all of the geographies and different levels of seniority and tenure. So you've really got an authentic voice of the current reality. And the goal is to align that with the direction of travel of the organization. One of the biggest mistakes we see in the marketplace is designing an employer brand that authentically represents the reality of the employee experience, but it's not of value to the business. So the leaders don't buy into it. So there really is a balance of understanding the sharp tool of employer brand strategy that can drive the culture that's conducive to the organization, as well as truthful, and having that magic ingredient that allows you to, with one single proposition, one single message, allow you to really compel those that would thrive in your environment whilst repelling those who wouldn't. And, you know, that's the secret. And that's what we we wrote about in, in Give and Get, a two-way value exchange that clearly depicts what it takes to thrive, what you have to be prepared to put in and why people do it, like what, what you get in return. Yeah. How do you make that happen without it looking or feeling like some sort of generic motherhood statement? You know, we strive to be the best up employees are our greatest asset, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's so interesting you say that because one of the first things that we do when we audit most new client partners, uh, and this isn't uncommon at all, is we find that the aspiration or the language or the, the sort of existing focal point often is nowhere near deep enough. It's usually quite surface. And when you ask an organization, what are your talent aspirations? What would you like your reputation to be? It's not uncommon for somebody to say, we want to be the best or we want to be known as the most attractive. And actually, when you think about it, that's not valuable to the talent audience. And it Mm -hmm. certainly isn't valuable to the business. So digging deeper to find 
what truly makes you different and what can be really authentic, memorable, and more relevant to your talent audience. That's where the hard work starts. But every organization is different. You just have to search for those ingredients and put a proposition together that is really compelling and different. You know, it's not easy, but with the right research, it's significantly easier to come up with a fresh voice. You just got to resist those those tropes, you know, the cliches. And if you see them, it just means the work hasn't been done, in my opinion. So I'm guessing that's the bulk of it, the whole 80-20 thing. I suspect that the the heaviest lifting is done at that stage, whereas you said do a lot of listening too, and then trying to distill that into something powerful. And then what comes next? Like at the most basic level, I'm guessing there are things like websites and career videos, but I'm guessing they're just little pieces of a puzzle overall. Is that right? Yeah, so there's three elements to the employer brand strategy. The first is reputation, and we categorize that with what we call the three C's. So are you an organization that trades on culture, on citizenship, or career catalyst? Are you a place to sort of accelerate your career? And that gives you real tangible North Star. The next is the proposition, so the give and get. So let's talk about the strengths, benefits, and opportunities of your organization But let's context that with the harsh realities and the challenges that you might find as well. Therein lies the opportunity to be really different because how many organizations are confident and have the clarity to be able to say, work-life balance isn't a strength here. You've got to be comfortable working in the gray because we're not the most structured organization and those sorts of things. However, if you can cope with that, here's why people stay. Now, just those ingredients are enough to make you unique and different. And then, as you say then, Ben, is the talent experience, understanding where to prove that out, where to tell the stories, where to put those messages to have resonance, impact, and reach. That's where the rubber meets the road. And the careers website is usually one of the biggest assets, certainly for the TA leader. Internal mobility, you know, the internal job board might be, but going into learning and development language and recognition and reward and all aspects of the business, because what you're looking for is continuity and brand consistency across the board. Yeah. I think it's of such huge importance to get everything aligned. You might have the, let's say the shop window, as you say, aspect for people outside, but for people within, you want that cohesion and whether it be internal promotions, transfers, learning opportunities, all that sort of stuff, pay and reward, it should be aligned to the values that are espoused on the front. Exactly. Exactly right which is a tough uh, a tough process to try and I'll bet you've seen some arguments over the years. Oh, we've had some fun. And you know, if there isn't arguments through the strategy, the sort of research and strategy, then you know, usually that's a, a sort of little red flag. There needs to be a little bit of healthy tension and working through those things are really important and when we work with complex global brands You need the continuity and consistency of an overarching message, but you need the agility to be able to flex at the local level so it's transparent and authentic. And typically, that's where we need to work hard to get the strategy right and make sure it's balanced so it's still manageable, but it's representative as well. But you're right, you've seen some interesting times with leaders who don't agree and all of that stuff, but you know, it's usually healthy energy. And can I ask about the book, Give and Get Employer Branding, so Repel the Many and Compel the Few with Impact, Purpose and Belonging. There was an interesting sort of concept in there around attracting and retaining the most talented people. And that's actually to try and, I think the phrase was, the most effective employer brands don't attract candidates, they repel them. Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, 
when we first started in employer branding many years ago, the industry was a lift and shift from consumer marketing. And a lot of it made sense and a lot of it still holds true today. But of course, the big difference is when you market a product, your goal is to sell that product to as many people who will buy it. The difference is obviously when you market jobs, then actually you're going to be repelling and rejecting 99% of your audience. And I've never met a TA leader who just wants more applicants, more noise in the funnel and more work to do for the recruiters and so and so. If we start to think about the employer brand as more of a smart filter rather than a magnet to attract, it becomes a much more valuable tool to the organization. And actually, you know, if you think about it, the best candidate experience you can ever offer somebody is enough information for them to decide not to apply in the first place, just not to waste their time. Mm-hmm. And if they're making career decisions based on, I don't think I'm a good match for that organization, we're probably helping people choose better career paths. And the idea is the percentage of valued applicants goes up if we're confident and clear enough to say, here's what it really takes to thrive here. Here's what you've got to be prepared to sacrifice, to commit towards, to grow into, to be challenged by. Now, those things would get the right type of candidate to really lean in and say, I'm really up for this challenge. But if it repels 99 people for every one person that leans in, then it's much more valuable to the talent audience. And it's certainly much more valuable to the organization. So that's the basic concept that we, out of naivety in the early days, to be honest, Ben, we designed ourselves and it started to work so effectively. We had a decision to make. Is this our unique selling point as an agency, our secret source that we protect at all costs? Or do we write it down and give it away to the world and try and our little dent in the universe. And that's the direction we went in. And we're really proud to say that there's a lot of organizations out there like Disney and Unilever and many global brands that are embracing and using the give and get methodology as just general industry vernacular. And it's super rewarding to see that. No, it's, now, it's not often that employer branding reminds me of beer, but there is a Belgian beer, Stella Artois. And I don't know if this was in Australia or what, but there was an ad campaign that I recall from Stella was it reassuringly expensive? Was its slogan for a while there? To me, that was all about repelling the wrong people and attracting the right ones and acting as a filter. Yeah, I mean, if you look at any world-class branding, positioning in the marketplace and understanding who your customer is and who your customer isn't is just part of a staple diet of really good focused branding. It's a foundation that many organizations trade on. If you look at, like we mentioned, Apple, you know, they know what their customer looks like. They know who their customer isn't as well. And it just makes sense, doesn't it, to take that logic and use it in employer branding and dial it up and be even more tangible with the specifics so people can make better choices. So can I get some advice from you as a business leader? You've created an amazing business that's global. You work with global brands and had such huge success throughout that process. You started, I'm guessing, with a computer and a dream, let's say. Can you talk us through those moments and what your path looked like? Yeah, so I don't even know whether I had a computer on day one, actually. It was 2004. Pretty sure they existed then, yeah. Yeah, March 29th, that was my last day in a job where I was mistreated by a boss. He shouted at me. He looked like Bluto from Popeye. I'll never forget. Huge rugby guy he was. Big, big coffee breath in my face. And he shouted at me in front of about 50 people, made me feel like four inches tall. 
So I just went home and didn't go back the next day. And instead I incorporated PH Creative. And I just wanted to prove that you could be successful in business without being a bit of a jerk, you know? So that was the impetus. It was very spontaneous. And I'm obviously really, really grateful for that. But the first six months, it was me alone in a bedroom with a phone and a desk and a lamp and not much else, to be honest. And yeah, it's been a long old journey, but I'm really grateful for that sort of inciting incident, as they say. What made you decide to expand rather than just staying solo? Well, an interesting thing, we started off as, I say we, it was just obviously just me at the beginning, but we started off as branding and design and all of these things. And we were selling to marketing departments and we didn't have a point of difference. CMOs and marketing directors don't particularly return your call, but we did get a couple of clients that asked for our help with recruiting and this was new. So we kind of fell into the area of recruitment and talent attraction by accident. And, you know, honestly, Ben, it was just a case of HR people seemed nicer. They were more open <laughs> to their budgets. They were more likely to return our calls. And then a few years in, we decided, well, look, we've got a point of difference here. If we go all in on this little niche, maybe we can be the best in the world at this tiny one little thing rather than a nobody in the world of marketing agencies. So, so that was the... Probably the smartest strategic decision we've ever made as a company, and we've never looked back since, to be honest. A very scary decision for a lot of businesses to make is that whole niche and generous thing. So yeah, it's obviously paid off. And any advice for on the client acquisition side for people listening who might be in the HR world, what sort of method worked for you in terms of marketing and growing the business to acquire new business? So I think your reputation is everything. And I think we always look at it as our existing client base is our future sales force. So referral is absolutely huge for us. And not being afraid to have very clear conversations with your client partners that, look, we rely on putting the word out for great work and great client partnership. Can you help us do that? And we've been strategically lucky by design, I guess, with a fantastic sort of range of client partners that have always championed us. And I guess the big thing for us was when we released our first book, and we started to give away value. Yeah. And for a consultancy, it's, it's sort of really counterintuitive because you're an insight and a knowledge-based organization. But we found when you give it away, your brand reach is much farther and people buy into the philosophy of how you do things, not just what you do. That's really helped us. It's given us a platform to have conversations like this. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I've actually interviewed quite a few people who've released books and things like that. And also podcast hosts and things like that. It's such a great platform to share your ideas, and that. but a book's at a different level again, I think. But you're a glutton for punishment. It's a second. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another one in the pipeline. I'm working on it right now. Yeah. Should be out in March, April, maybe May next year. Is it a top secret topic? <laughs> it's in an employer brand space, but the last book was focused on the EVP, the proposition, obviously the give and get, the middle of our, our sort of strategy. This one is more about reputation and what we're trying to do with this next book is not just appeal to an HR audience, but a business leadership and put the thinking and the requirements of employer branding and culture strategy at the top of the priority list of any business. So that's the goal. Absolutely. That'll be sponsored by Glassdoor, I'm guessing, or one of those <laughs> review sites. Glassdoor are a client of ours, so you never know. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So just to round it out then for 
any particular advice or channels that have worked better in terms of acquiring business from a straight up marketing thing perspective for other businesses that might be wanting to grow or go global like you've done? I think identify your niche, identify something that you can be, you know, the very best voice in the room, whilst also be willing to walk into different rooms and listen and learn, constantly push your thinking forward. But if you can join specific groups on LinkedIn and Facebook and those sorts of things, and then regardless of how small you start, make a start to build your own community and set out to just add value and be the best stakeholder in that room and help each other with with generosity. And if you do that, the laws of reciprocity tend to sort of pay you back. But building community in this day and age and owning your own community rather than just invest in LinkedIn and so on and so forth would be my biggest piece of advice. I mean, we started a, a newsletter just three years ago, and now we've mm-hmm. got nearly 10,000 subscribers. It's called The Digital Hook. I mean, it's really fun and emotive, and it's about the warm and fuzzy feelings you get when you affect culture. That's growing really nicely. And the sprints that we do, the learning sprints. Two-week things, right? Yeah, so it's like a two-week learning course, but you, you get to do that with peers and build out community as well as get certified in employer branding. We do that, we do our newsletter, and then we rely on a great partnership network. So those three things strategically, that's our ecosystem for new business. It's all centered around adding value in a very niche community. Some great advice there. So for people listening, certainly on the consulting side of things, you've got so much expertise, insights, advice to share in your head. Don't be afraid to share that with the world, whether in book form or other ways. And as Brian has sort of shared there, that building out communities where you own, whether that's a newsletter or something else, or maybe the sprints where you're getting a community together, as opposed to something like a LinkedIn or a Facebook or something where, yeah, you can post stuff, but maybe the number of people who see those posts decreases over time because that's just the way algorithms work, whatever it may be. But if you have control, it's just so much more effective. And it sounds like, Brian, that's really worked for you. So I commend you for that. If people want to learn more about PH Creative and what you do and possibly refer business to you, work with you, what should they do next? If you go to ph-creative.com, you can quickly find our newsletter. You can get in touch via email, check out the sprints. I am active on LinkedIn, so search for Brian Adams, spelt the same as the Canadian singer, unfortunately. Wasn't going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm active on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect and you know join our community. Brian's too modest to say, but do check out the business itself, also the books and the sprints and the digital hug newsletter looks amazing. So do check those out and we'll have the links to those sort of things in the show notes. But Brian, you've shared some wonderful advice and I love your story and I'm glad you got one over that coffee-breathed rugby dude. Me too. Thanks, Ben. Good on you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.